Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was their pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. Nice. nice. I never saw that. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of I Never Saw That. We've been talking about it for a long time. We've mentioned it several times on the podcast, but we would like to... We have? Yes, we would like to welcome you to our sex podcast. Also oh. known as episode 69. Nice. nice. Of I Never Saw That. Yeah. Finally. Sex podcast. <laughs> um, it's not really going to be a sex podcast, but we did watch... A little bit, though. The sexiest movie. We have been talking about this behind the curtain <laughs> for quite a while. How we wanted to celebrate this milestone of the sex number. And so we obviously tried to find the sexiest movie we could find from our time period. Yes. Um, it also happens to be the worst movie from oh, of our time period, God. maybe. Possibly. It was voted the worst movie of the decade in 2000. Yeah. yeah. No, it's known for being bad. Yeah, it is. Uh, do you want to say what it is? I would like to say what it is, but I'd also like to not talk about it at all because it was yeah. so bad. Yeah. Um, it's in a way, it's a sequel to another film we watched. They're both set in Vegas. Well, the other film, the beginning was set in Vegas, and it's about a dancer uh-huh. um, in a big show. Oh, are you thinking of um, the one about the imaginary friend? Mm-hmm. Bogus. Bogus. Yes, with Gerard Depardieu and Haley Joel Osment and Whoopi Goldberg. It's not Depardieu. 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 Yeah. Okay, whatever. Um, none of them starred in this film. But this film did have an a amazing cast for how fucking terrible it was. So wait, back. why did you bring up Bogus? Because it starts in Vegas, and his mom's a dancer. Haley Joel Osment's mom is a dancer. Much like the, air quotes, hero of this film, Nomi Malone. Of course, we're talking about the film Showgirls from September. It was released September 22nd, 1995. Mm-hmm. And all of history since then has been known as has been marked B-S-G by people as B-S-G and, before and, and after A-S-G. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Showgirls, guys, that's what it is. <laughs> we're Directed talking about Showgirls. Paul Verhoeven, the director of such films as Basic Instinct, mm-hmm. Starship Troopers, Robocop, Total Recall, and others. I have never seen any of those. Hmm. No, that's a lie. I've seen Basic Instinct. Okay. Also, it was written by Joe Esterhaus. Uh, who wrote Basic Instinct and Flashdance and other films. Mm-hmm. He, I'd, I'll talk about it later, but he had an interesting quote about the film that I read, <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, it was a terrible film. It's known for being a terrible film. There's a lot of discussion of how it's actually a brilliant satire, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's this, you know, after it bombed at the box office, it did better in the home video market because pervs. Yeah. But... There are a lot of people that have come out since and said it's it's actually really genius satire. No, it's not. But I, I think it's it's not. I mean, I watching it this time, I was like, ah, I can kind of see it, but I don't think that most of the people making it thought it was at the time. 
there were moments when I was like, oh, I see why people say that. You know, for example, when she goes to Kyle MacLachlan's house oh. and he has neon palm trees mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next to his pool. At that In that moment, I was like, okay, I can see why people think this is meant to be satirical. But the problem with that argument is that it is not funny. <laughs> right. Like, n- and it's not... It's not like trying to be funny and not funny. It's not funny. Well, that's what some of the critiques of this film mention as well, that it is satire, but it doesn't have some of the common hallmarks of satire that we're used to, like irony or sarcasm or those other things. It's not as overt. Any humor or... Right. I mean, uh, Verhoeven is known for satire and being pretty... Okay, well... Misanthropic and maybe, I don't know. um, He's very sensational... His films are very sensational, and they are commenting on media and all kinds of other things. Oh, what what they're commenting on in this movie is trash. Boobs. The, the, the No, it's this movie is trash. Um, <laughs> what I am most frustrated by, actually, is that I've been looking forward to this experience, and I've been looking forward to this episode, uh, this special sex number episode. Mm-hmm. And when I imagined when I imagined watching this movie and when I imagined talking about it, what I thought was that it was going to be very, very silly. Mm-hmm. And I did laugh out loud several times. And I'm sure we will get silly, but this was not like a fun movie. No. There's nothing fun about it. It's two hours and 11 minutes long. Oh, yeah. Which is about two hours too long. <laughs> like 11 minutes would have been great. Would have been perfect. So, yeah, I just feel a little bit robbed of my experience. I just thought it was going to be so much fun to watch this bad movie. Uh, And it's really uh, pretty upsetting, actually. Yeah. I think there are some upsetting elements to talk about as well. I think there, it's easy to see both sides for me that it is a satire or it isn't. I mean, I think it sucks either way. (laughs) It's a bad satire if it is. Contrary to what Nomi says over and over in the movie. It does suck, actually. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to do something that doesn't suck right now. 100% unanimous positive <sighs> response. Okay. I'm just stealing your phraseology there. We're going to do seeing the funny papers now. Cool. See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. And I picked out a special, uh, special comic today for august 22nd. did you find a sex comic mm, in a way Ew, august gross. 22nd 1994 um i'm reading everyone's favorite and once again the sexiest comic in the funny papers for better or for worse by hmm. lynn johnston it's pretty gross that you find that sexy because it's about like kids and the family well how do you think kids are made jen how do you think families have kids you're so gross sex this is grossing me out i hate our sex podcast so far (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah there's a lot to hate (laughs) for better or for worse is one of those comics i guess Uh you could say like all (laughs) comics as we've discovered as we're going down this path together Uh this journey all of us yeah it's one of those comics that just isn't funny yeah but i don't want to give it away or anything here so yeah, why don't you just do the stupid fucking we got, segment? We got four panels today. Okay. Um, I think I think the character that we're supposed to know, I seem to remember his name is Michael. It's not mentioned in this 
particular comic on this day, but he's the son. He's the teenage boy. And it sounds like he's leaving for college, maybe. Uh, And so in the first panel, he's sitting, holding his knees close to his chest, kind of, and there's a girl sitting next to him. She has a tank top and shorts on. Um, and he has shoes and pants that are way too short, kind of going with the high waters there, Michael. <laughs> but they're sitting, there's like a house outlined behind them, and they're sitting in the grass and there are trees. And he says, I'll be leaving soon, Retta. And she says, I don't want to think about it. So then he turns a little, you know, unclasps his hands, puts down one leg and turns to her and says in the next panel, maybe it'll be good for us, you know, being apart for a while. And she just looks at him. And then in the next, the third panel, they're standing, facing each other. And he says, and it's not as though it's forever. We'll see each other at Christmas. We'll write and we'll keep in touch by phone. And she says, I know. And then in the final panel, they're walking off together, arm in arm. And she, this is a thought bubble that she says, but I'd rather keep in touch by touch. Ew. (laughs) Exactly. How short are his pants? Um, they don't actually look that short as as he's walking away. Let me. Oh, they're pretty short. I mean, you got a good two inches of skin mm-hmm. above his shoes that I can see. Well, is it like a style? No, no. It's right in between, uh, like where it could be a style, mm-hmm. or it's just like you grew too fast and you need new pants. Okay, he's right in between there. Yeah, it's not cool. So thanks for that, Lynn Johnston. And thanks for that, Micah. Yeah. Um, I guess. So that was seeing the funny papers, I guess, for this week. See ya. Well, wait, 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 wait. So we've been packing up our all our shit, and we're trying to move out of our house. A little peek behind the curtains there. And um, I was looking through an old box that used to have some stuff of mine stored in it, and I found... I think y'all can hear what that is. <laughs> Real newspaper? A real newspaper. Now, oh. it's not in our timeline. The but funny pages? Listen, it's from Sunday, September 28th, 1997. Mm. And I feel like it's so close that I was thinking about maybe giving you a little taste of your own medicine and okay. doing another comic. But I don't... Cool. That might be a little much for our listeners, but I guess they can... Yeah, you could just fast forward this part if you want, because you already got the good seeing the funny paper okay. segment. So. Okay, well, I was going to do Beetle Bailey, mm. because yeah, that's one we I done. didn't understand it, and I wanted <laughs> to talk through it. But then, while you were reading your comic, I just figured it out, what the joke oh. is. So I'm going to do a different one. Okay. Dang. This one's forward to some Beetle Bailey antics. This one's called Marvin. Do you remember Marvin? No. I didn't either. I, it's about a baby, a red-headed baby. Okay. Um, and so uh, here we go. This is Sunday. Ooh, full, full color. color. And um, nice. six panels. I'll try to make it quick. So the first panel, it's um, rectangular shaped. Mm-hmm. It's shorter on the sides and longer on the top and the bottom. Like a rectangle. Oh, okay. <laughs> so your standard rectangle. I'm just kidding. But... Okay, okay. There's a baby in a high chair. He has very bright orange hair his hands are sticking straight out and uh, his the, arms are sticking straight out to the side of him is this he, the titular marvin he i assume so he only has four fingers poor kid um and <laughs> do you think it was like a birth defect thing or is it just an artist's choice i definitely think it's an artist something hmm. um or like a lawnmower accident 
Yeah, who knows? You, I don't do this when you do yours, so I'm you sorry. shut the fuck up. Okay. So anyway, so there's a a woman's face and arms and shoulders in the left side of the panel, and she has in her giant hands um, <laughs> a bowl with what looks like a panda on the side, and she says, "Look what mommy's got for you, sweetie." Next panel. Um, and now it's p- a pink background before it was uh, yellow. Mm. And now Marvin's in his high chairs. That's all you see is him. And he's it's a thought bubble. And he says, oh, boy, my favorite. Now, the next panel is really interesting. There's no rectangle around it. And it's just a white background. Whoa. Yeah. Like really avant-garde yeah. shit. And um, he is looking up. His arms are still stretched out to the side. He has now tossed up a whole bunch of food items in the air. But... What's really interesting is that the way his head is back, you can you can see his nose. He doesn't have nostrils either. So mm. this poor kid cannot breathe, breathe and only has four smell. fingers. But you know how sometimes in comics, like, someone draws a mouth that's bigger than a head, mm-hmm. sort of? Yeah. So this one is, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's... Well, you can't do that. It's not... <laughs> She's just waving her hand in the air, like with her finger. I was trying to do that to see if you would could had any language to describe. Yeah, that's a U shape. It's a giant. Well, kinda. Anyway, it's a fucking giant mouth with a tiny little red tongue in the middle. And he's very happy. It's a smiley oh, giant he's mouth. Happy. I didn't. I thought it was going a different direction. Fourth panel. Here comes Dad. Okay. Dad's blonde. Uh, he, he's kind of casually strolling up. He's got a cup of coffee in his left hand. They have a cookie jar with a flower on it, which is ludicrous. Anyway, there's some cupboards, cabinets to the left of him, and then all of a sudden... Oh, I forgot to say... (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Here we go. Let's go back. (laughs) Back to the third panel. Mm -hmm. I got so caught up trying to describe what his mouth looks like that uh, I forgot to say what he actually says. Oh, there's dialogue. Yeah, that doesn't. That's well, not I don't know. Important. It's not a thought bubble and it's not a speech bubble. It's just, oh, words. It's just words. But again, it's avant garde. Uh, but it says, not only are sliced bananas a fun finger food, mm-hmm. sliced bananas are in bold and fun is underlined and finger is bold. Wow. Next panel is the dad thing. Fifth panel is hilarious. It is dad. Dad also only has four fingers, so it must be <laughs> oh, genetic. It's genetic. On each hand, too. Dad, <laughs> I hate this. How do you do this? <laughs> I just want to be like, just look at this. This is hilarious. How? Why do you do this? This isn't even fun. <laughs> um, Dad is, so his hands are out, and there are little lines by his hands, like they're kind of shaking. His coffee cup is up in the air. Oh, my gosh. And um, he's saying, whoa, mm-hmm. in big red letters. His eyes are crossed. His mouth is open and his tongue is out. Uh, He has, you can only see part of his right leg, but his left leg, you can see all of it. And his foot of his right, of his left leg is just up in the air, but there's lines around. Everything's shaking. Everything's crazy. There's one little piece of banana. Mm. So, so. In the air or? In the air. Okay. So. Whoa. Whoa. And then, um. The la- oh, and then in the very last panel, there's uh, a little star with like a squiggly line 
coming from the floor. You don't see dad, mm. but it's like that kind of thing where it's like, oh, dad he hit his head hit his or head, something, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah, it is. Concussions um, are funny. So funny. And then Marvin, this little sadistic bastard, sitting in his high chair and he says, or he doesn't say, he thinks they're also a fun feet food. Oh, Marvin. You little bastard. Um, and that the also was bold and fun was underlined again. And then feet was bold. I cool. feel like what I said was I was going to try to make it really quick. <laughs> and that took a very long time. And it was very stressful. So you didn't and like I that. And I did not enjoy it. And like I'm, it. Not, I'm never doing that again. Listeners will be happy to know. I have a couple questions. Okay. If it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first of all, I'm guessing they're like in the kitchen eating. But it also sounds like it might be a disco with the lights mm-hmm. changing. Or they have those new <laughs> fangled internet lights that you can change the color with your phone. No, honey, that's just, artis- that's that's just, just an artis- artistic okay. choice. Because what you have is you have three panels on the top, rectangle, rectangle, chaos. Chaos. And it's, no borders. And it's yellow, pink, white. Uh-huh. Bottom three are rectangle, chaos, rectangle. Mm-hmm. And it's yellow, white, yellow. See, I'm, and I'm wondering if Dad's in the other room, like changing the colors on his phone of his Philips Hue bulbs that he just bought, or you just on think it's phone? artistic. Yeah, they have those. This new... is 1997. I know. Maybe he's an engineer for Philips or something. My other question: um, What color is Mom's hair in that first panel? Can you tell? Brown. Brown. So she has brown hair. Dad has blonde hair. Blonde hair. So Marvin's the mailman's kid, huh? Is that what we're supposed to get from that? Is that why Marvin's so mean to he's trying to kill this false father with banana pranks? I mean, you could look at this in a very sort of um like Greek mythology mm-hmm. uh Freudian sort of way that he's trying to kill his father, but I don't I think it's just a comic about a baby. Oh, okay. Um and also is our son the mailman's kid? No, let's not. Cuz we get have into a that. red-headed son. Well, you know, since this is our 69th episode, I think we can get into it a little, just a tiny bit. We don't usually talk about ourselves or, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. We don't? Well, I mean, no, 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 we do. We talk about ourselves. What I mean is like, we don't be, we're not like, we don't have small talk Mm. before we start. Like a lot of people are like, how are you doing this week? What's going on with you? What's, you know, here's the thing about our son is that his father could be anyone, you know? Literally anyone. Um, almost anyone. It's impossible to know. And so <laughs> so it could be the mailman. You're just cracking could yourself the, out. <laughs> could be there. the garbage man. Could be the um postman. Could be the same as the mailman. Um <laughs> that was the third one I thought of. <laughs> could be the mailman, the postman, the garbage man, the recycling man. <laughs> The guy that delivers letters to your house, or maybe the the guy that comes and picks up trash. Your refuse. Any, All right, anyway. literally any of one of those two people. This is so stupid. Yeah. I hate. I hate all this. this. No, we're not. Okay. See you in the funny paper soon. Let's talk about this terrible movie some more. Yeah. Showgirls. A little trivia before we get into the oh, good. the plot and the other stuff. Um, Showgirls was the first, and as far as I know, still the only NC-17 rated film that got a wide release in theaters. Yes, I read that also. 
Um, I think it's because they, Verhoeven and um, the screenwriter, Joe Esterhaus, had both just come off of Basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, so they were big and... They were huge and they were just riding that wave. Um, Well, and the cast, I mean... Right. Elizabeth Berkley was from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. And everyone loved that show. And then Kyle MacLachlan was fucking huge. He had just done Twin Peaks or when was Twin Peaks out? It was... 80s or early 90s? But... Anyway, he was a big deal. Right. Gina Gershon yeah. was a big deal. And this was Elizabeth Berkley's... I mean, it wasn't her first film, but I think it was her first big starring role. And yeah, Gina Gershon... And last... And- because yeah maybe um <laughs> because how do you recover from that and i don't remember seeing her in anything no else we are going to be talking about breasts a lot mm-hmm. and i already used the word titular um mm-hmm. i'll probably say boobs as well a lot so titties if anyone is offended by any of those terms go listen to something else yeah you might not want to listen to this one showgirls i mean honestly it's just, it's like over-saturation. This like, is so funny. I, I didn't even see boobs at the end because there were so many boobs on screen the whole time. That's amazing that you're saying that because I had the same thought. That after a little while, you know what it was like? It was like going to the naked lady spa that I sometimes go mm-hmm. to. And like, it's just naked bodies everywhere. So Do you want to not... clarify that a little bit and explain what a naked lady spa is? Oh, everyone listeners? knows what a naked lady spa is? I don't think everybody does. Well, it's a Korean naked lady spa. And um, it's all naked. All the clients just walk around naked the whole yeah, time. Yeah, everyone walks around naked. Well, I mean, you can. There are parts of the spa yeah. where you wear a robe, but yeah. Well, it's really just this one area where you're naked. It's like where the pools are. It's just bodies everywhere. And after a while, it's just you don't. It just doesn't matter yeah. at all. It's just flesh, and that's exactly how I felt watching this movie. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, like boobs are just. They're just all over. They're just everywhere. Every frame. Constantly everywhere. I'm wondering, did they get us... What was the NC-17 rating for, do you think? Just like so many boobs? Just the overall theme and the sex and the violence. Yeah, but I've seen lots of movies that have... Yeah. You know what it was, I bet? Full frontal. Yep. It was full frontal female, of course. Nudity. Over and over and over. Not a single dick in this movie. No. Not a single dick. Which is weird, because there are dicks in other movies that are rated R. Are there? Yeah. Name one. Um, Bogey Nights? No, they never... Do they show it? Yeah, they show it, but it's prosthetic. Um, Yeah, there are other ones. It's pretty rare to see a dick on Kevin Bacon's schlong is all over movies and stuff, isn't it? Don't people talk about that? Kevin Bacon's schlong? No, people don't talk about that. Anyway, yes, I just thought that was really interesting that you said that, because that's exactly how I felt about it. It was just like... It was just overload. Boob overload. Yeah. This film was shown on VH1 a lot later. But um, they must have cut they, so much of it, Yeah, though. they cut a bunch and they modified it by drawing on black bras and panties. They just, like, created them with computers and added on bras and panties. <laughs> That's hilarious. Which is... It seems like a just a lot of work. Yeah. To show such a shitty movie. And the only reason people <laughs> watch this movie is was for... to see boobs. Like... Well, I don't think so. I think people watch this movie because people love to watch bad movies right. and then become fans of but them. But I'm saying, like, this movie was, I mean, it did really well in the home it, video market. It is <laughs> people close. People wanted to watch. It is borderline porn. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. I I felt like I needed to take like 152 showers. (laughs) I really did. There was a point where I was like, I feel like I'm going to need to shower before we watch the the rest of this. Which I will say, I think Verhoeven did a great job of recreating the feeling of Vegas. I feel like Vegas is either in film, it's always glamorized and it's beautiful and the lights are shiny and stuff. Mm -hmm. Or it's this like... It's a mob movie and it's all about murder and casinos or it's a heist movie Mm -hmm. or like leaving Las Vegas. That one also did a good job of making you feel icky. I have not seen that that movie and I don't actually plan to see that movie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. But this one recreates that feeling so well. Just that visceral like, I'm having a good time. And then 24 hours later... Why am I still here in this city? This is gross. Everything about this is gross. I want to get out of here. That is interesting also that you mentioned that because I was going to share this later, but I'll just share it now that Las Vegas was like the first place I went after Montana, Mm -hmm. which is super fucking... I lived out in the woods. I mean, like, as you all know, I was in the middle of nowhere and we went to Vegas, my parents and my brother and I, because my brother wanted to go there. Montana and Vegas aren't near each other. No, we, so it was like, like a road trip, and we on the way home. no, no, just so it was a little bit of a shock. It was such a shock that I sat in the hotel room and cried about how just ugly and awful and evil this place seemed to me at the time. Yeah, because you were sober, and it's all about excess. I was and sober, and then, you know, all these, like, ads for girls, and mm-hmm. at the time, I thought that was just horrible and disgusting. Uh, I just could not take it. It was really upsetting. But, now I love Vegas. <laughs> I don't love everything about Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I, I dislike a lot of things about it, but anyway... Yeah, so that's all. That's the whole Montana story about that. Okay. Um, a few more little things before we get in oh really God, into seriously. this movie. Um, <sighs> it won a lot of Golden Raspberry Awards, which mm-hmm. are the, the worst films of the year. Um, it won Worst Picture, Worst Director, I think Worst Actress, Worst Couple. It had a whole... It, I think it was nominated for more than any other film ever has been nominated and it won more. But this didn't ruin like the director's career or anything, did it? No. Okay. I don't think so. He's made other films since then. I maybe it ruined Elizabeth Berkeley's, but who knows. Which yeah, seems unfair, no. but it also she was pretty terrible and it seems consistent with the theme of the movie too. Like she's the only one that has to take the fall and everybody else. Not like plot wise in the film, but just how women are treated and Mm. Um, yeah, Joe Esterhaas said later, uh, he, in a, a quote I read, he said, clearly we made mistakes. Clearly it was one of the biggest failures of our time. <laughs> it failed commercially. Wait, that's the writer? Yes. <laughs> it failed commercially, critically. It failed on videotape. It failed internationally. <laughs> he goes on to say that they were coming off basic instinct, um, and just, they were kind of feeling like they could do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, he does say, and this is something that we'll talk about a little more later, there is a rape scene in the film. And he says, that rape scene was a god-awful mistake. In retrospect, a terrible mistake. Um, so at least he acknowledged that. Yeah, well, still fucking understatement. Yeah, it was terrible. Let's just talk about that now. Okay. 
I think like talking about the upsetting parts, like let's get it out of the way because yeah. there is a lot of silliness to talk about in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rape scene was, I mean, and I, we tried to skip it, but unfortunately. They go back to it a few times. They would go back yeah. to it. And I saw just enough yeah. to be scarred for life. I, I'm so done with rape scenes. I'm so, I know this is 95. Uh, they were still all the rage. But first of all, Nomi has a best friend who takes her in when she gets to Vegas. Her name is Molly. She's this beautiful black woman who is like makes dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, she makes all the costumes for the show. She's rad. She's, yeah. she's kind. She's sweet and generous. She's very kind and funny Trusting. And, and beautiful. She's an amazing friend. Look. You can stay with me if you need a place to crash. It's not much until you get a job. Mm-hmm. And she is the one who gets raped in this movie. Yep. The only person of color in the film, basically. There were, well, there's another black woman who breaks her knee on stage. Right. And there is another guy. You're right. No, yeah. There, there, there were, are a few. There were but people not, of color in this yeah. movie, but I, but the fact that she was the one. I just, I'm so angry about it still. Like, I'm, I, how do you talk about rape? I don't know how to talk about it. It's know. not like anyone deserves to be raped ever, ever, ever. The only cause of rape is rapists, okay, everybody? But for Molly to go through that, it just seems like, it seems like a stroke of just, just inhumane cruelty. I think I'm going to disagree with one thing you said. So the only cause of rape is rapists. And I'm going to say that it's also movies like this and rape culture. Yeah. Because this film shows this rape in graphic detail. And it's just disgusting Two or three different shots. And it goes to a different scene and then comes back. Mm -hmm. And I know it's showing how brutal and terrible this person is, but there are no consequences for these people. There there aren't going to be. Well... Um, There are, but the consequences are interesting because mm-hmm. what happens is Nomi later dresses up, gets all sexy, calls the mm-hmm. guy who raped her this friend. This guy is like, he's like some famous dude. Yeah, he's a musician, musician who Molly loves. Yeah. And is like, she loves his music and she's like, has a celebrity crush on him. And so, and they, so they get to meet him at this big party and she's hanging out with him and they're flirting and they go up to a room and, Anyway, yeah. I, we don't need to get into any more details about it because so, Nomi goes over to this guy's place and acts like she's going to seduce him, and she pulls a knife on him, holds it to his throat, and says, "Make a noise, and I'll kill you." Mm-hmm. And then she kicks the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. But they show his face one time for like a split second with a little bit of blood on it, mm-hmm. and then they show her kicking him off screen like ten more times, and she stomps on him and yells at him and threatens mm-hmm. him some more. And then she leaves. So you see her committing she violence. She doesn't have any blood on her. He is not shown at all. Again, during after the rape scene, Molly walks out into the party and is covered in blood. Yeah. They talk about her injuries in the hospital and they show her beaten face over and over in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So... It's not okay no, to it's show. it's like rape porn. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not okay but, to like, show a woman like feeling pleasure. In films, which we all know, like that will get you an NC-17 or an R rating. It's okay to show them being raped, but it's not okay to show a woman beating a man explicitly. I mean, 
maybe Verhoeven made that choice intentionally because it felt so obvious. Like she beat this guy to a bloody pulp and he's like on the verge of death. We're led to believe. Are we? They don't I didn't show even have any sense of how. At like, all. Yeah. I actually had, I, I mean, you say it's so obvious. I hadn't really thought about that part. I don't know. Well, and the female pleasure thing too. Like women in this movie are, they exist to provide pleasure to men. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that the movie isn't making any commentary on that. Or maybe it is, but it didn't do a good job. No. I mean, you could you could make the argument that Nomi has become this person, like she has gotten through her life thus far by learning how to please men, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what women have to do. Uh, but yeah, fuck rape scenes and fuck the fact that Molly got raped in this movie and the way that they showed it and the way they showed her. I mean, like Nomi wanted to call the cops and Kyle MacLachlan... Mm-hmm. Was like, basically, fuck you. You're not calling the cops because whatever. Yeah, because he's a star at this other hotel, and yeah, basically just, because for business. Yeah, because, we'll pay her off mm-hmm. and keep her quiet, and she'll be comfortable and happy. And you're not gonna let him get away with this. Andrew Carver is at the Paradiso this year, but he might be at the Riviera next year or the Stardust the year after that. He's part of a team. So are you. What about Molly? You like her, I'll make sure he gives her enough money. She can have a dress shop. And so she just doesn't yeah. call the cops. I mean, and well, I fucking and she, hate cops, but... She didn't at that point because in that moment, Kyle McLaughlin had also learned about her past. So she, she yeah, hitchhikes yeah. into Vegas and gets this job and works her way up to being a showgirl. That's basically the plot of the film. Yeah, that's it. Um, she, the whole time, is very adamant while she's starting. She's a stripper. A, like she's a dancer at a strip club she works her way up to being in the show that's more of a legitimate show but the whole time people are like telling her you're selling your body for money to men you're doing this and she's adamant that she's not a prostitute she's not a whore she says that over and over and over yeah they call and each she, other whores a lot she doesn't want that label and then you find out kyle mclaughlin finds out that you know she gave a that fake she... social security number and a fake name and she actually was a sex worker Previously, mm-hmm. she had several arrests for like um, possession of drugs and assault with a deadly weapon and all this other stuff. So it's weird. This movie has a lot of problematic ways with how it represents sex workers and oh, sex work. hugely problematic. But it also, there are times when she's like empowered and having fun and she's enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's mm-hmm. mostly about the men and how they're predators. But there are no consequences for them and they get away with it and they can do whatever they want. She stands up to men a few times and says, no, I'm not doing that. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's so problematic that I yeah. just don't even know how to talk about it. So I, let's th- not talk about that anymore and let's talk about how shitty it well, was. Well, just, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Except just real quick on the, on the topic of sex work because mm-hmm. I, think, I think a lot of, probably I would say, the vast majority of people actually still have this idea about sex work that it is always bad, that it is shameful, that, I don't know, that it's a terrible thing that exists. Um, And the thing is that sex work is work. It's just a type of work. And if, I mean, because the thing is that a a lot of women 
who do sex work are have been abused and have been violently attacked. Part of the reason for that is the fact that we've criminalized it. Mm-hmm. So you have no legal recourse when your whole profession is illegal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and the, the men don't suffer the repercussions in the same way. Anyway, it Even should... Even though they're it, the consumer. It should be... Sex workers should be treated with respect. And and anyway, the, this movie's whole attitude about it is just that, uh, that being a quote-unquote whore is the worst thing you can be. And it's just shitty. It's yeah. just really fucking shitty. See, I think they because they her, were trying to say other things, but they just did everything else so poorly. I don't that think it didn't so. Come across. I, because I, Gina Gershon is trying to convince her the whole time through all these power plays that she's a sex worker, and Nomi's like, "No, I'm not." But Gina Gershon the, keeps the saying, language like, in the movie is, "Yes, you are. You're a whore. Yeah, you're a prostitute. You're a whatever." And um, but Gina Gershon's attitude is more like, "Yes, you are. Just accept it and just well, like do what you want to do." <laughs> But but she's also trying to belittle her by saying that. Right. Uh, they just did everything kind of half-assed, and they didn't really know what they were doing. No, they didn't, and I don't think I don't think they were trying to make commentary on sex work. This was <laughs> no type of sex work was going to be portrayed in a positive light. That was not what they were trying to do, or or portrayed as like a legitimate way of making money. I feel really inarticulate trying to talk about this. It's a topic that I don't have any experience with personally, and I don't, I don't know how to speak about it in the most respectful way. What I will say is that the message that I got from this movie was that there are people who are good and talented, and then there are people who are not. And the people who are good and talented shouldn't have to be sex workers mm. because those people are the scum of the earth. You know what I'm right. saying? That was the message of this movie. Yeah, they kept like, telling Like people Nomi, kept telling her, you're so talented. You're the best dancer I've ever seen. But then so other people, uh, these other women, like uh, she can't dance. So, yeah. so it's uh, just, uh, fuck, okay. <laughs> and the dancing, like everything else in this movie. Oh, like, yeah, not, let's get into that. I'm not an expert on dance at all. I don't dance. Sure I'm not a good dancer. Not. I don't know anything about dance. There were clearly people that knew what they were doing, <laughs> choreographing all of this. Yeah. There was a lot of dance. There were a lot of dance routines. There was... Some of it was really cool. Yeah. Actually, I mean, very little of it. But the um, the show that she ends up getting into, the, so there's a show called Goddess that mm-hmm. Gina Gershon is the star of. Uh, and it's basically just a bunch of tits, like all everything in this movie. Yeah. But in the beginning of the show, they do like an opening dance number that is cool. There are elements that are yeah. that, of dance that are interesting and stuff. None of the dancing that they do in this movie is sexy. Elizabeth Berkeley, especially when she's dancing at the strip club, when she's on the pole, when she's everything she's doing, she's I, so violently erratic. And yeah, here's what I I the dance scenes were so cringy to watch, except for that one <laughs> yeah. that I was just talking about with the big show and all mm-hmm. the dancers. But the dance scenes with Elizabeth Berkeley. I had to close my eyes several <laughs> times, and I was just laughing be- with my discomfort, yeah. just sitting with my discomfort. Her dancing is just a bunch of like arbitrarily throwing her arms around. Yes. That's what it is. It's so weird. And every movement is very, like, very sharp. There's nothing graceful. Right. I mean, there are parts where, I mean, I'm sure she can dance, but I just felt like, I mean, again, 
that's a part that could make you think that it's a satire, right? Yeah. Because the dancing is so bad that some of it that you, and people keep telling her what a great talent she is, that you start going, But they didn't go far enough with it. and But then it gets better. She does get better. And then there are parts where she tries out for these, you know, spots on in shows and she does do well she does the moves well so mm-hmm. it's really strange <sighs> she's what, it, what even is this movie what <laughs> did we i just like what yeah can i read some quotes um a quote from kyle mclaughlin because he i've seen him in a lot of stuff and he does a lot of stuff that's that's i don't know how to say it edgy and dark and dark and he he pushes boundaries and acts and things that are interesting projects he doesn't take on easy roles and mm-hmm. usually i think i like him in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. he's odd so mm-hmm. i like him too he could i love him in twin peaks i mean he's the best part of twin peaks yeah and in this movie he's just not really interesting like he's not <laughs> he's i don't know it's not I... a great role for him and i didn't get why he was in it and his fucking hair was so annoying. He has these like long hair. skater bangs kind oh, it of. It was great. It was so such weird. good 90s hair. Yeah. In the beginning, I really enjoyed watching Kyle MacLachlan and Gina Gershon. Yes, because there are it was some like, scenes with them that are good. Well, you're also like relieved when they finally show up because you're like, okay, some <laughs> actors. Yeah. And they kind of like, you know, bring a little life to the screen in the beginning. And mm. it's fun to see them in the 90s because they were like a big deal at that time but yes but after you know a few minutes it was like not um, oh god no they it's so kyle mclaughlin said um after he saw the movie he said i was absolutely gobsmacked (laughs) i just love that phrase this is horrible horrible and it's a very slow sinking feeling when you're watching the movie and the first (laughs) scene comes out and you're like oh that's a really bad scene but you say, well, that's okay. The next one will be better. And you somehow try to convince <laughs> yourself that it's going to get better. And it just gets worse. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was crazy. I mean, I really didn't see that coming. So How do you not see that coming I when you're on know. the set filming this movie? I don't know. When did he said this? Right after he it came out? No, this was later. He He's talking about, uh, he's talking about that's how he felt when he first saw it after it came out mm-hmm. and then later he kind of distanced himself from the movie cause he realized how terrible it was. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Elizabeth Berkeley, right at the beginning of the film, she, it's clear that she does not have the acting chops to pull off any of this, whether they're going for a straight acting role or satire oh. or anything, she can't fucking do it. No, if they were going for satire, it was perfect. The first scene, the opening scene with her fucking switchblade, oh, she's hitchhiking and this dude, picks her up and she pulls a switchblade on him it's the funniest it's so funny and it's again, laugh out loud funny in how fucking bad this, it like, is like violent jerky motion which yes pulling a knife on someone is a violent motion but the way she does everything in this film yeah it's like she's just over she's over acting everything. Yeah, she's trying to over it's so she's trying to be really ridiculous. fierce and it's just not working yeah so she she gets into Vegas, she hitchhikes in, she goes back um, after hanging out in this casino for a little while. The guy that gave her a ride said, just leave your suitcase in here and we'll go talk to my uncle in the mm-hmm. in this casino. She comes back and he's gone. So her suitcase, her suitcase. is gone. So All she has literally nothing. So she spins around and starts wailing in the middle of this parking lot and just starts pounding on this car 
mm-hmm. that's next to where she's standing. Of course, the woman that owns the car happens to be walking by right then and says, get off my car. Like, that's my car. What are you doing? And she, Elizabeth Berkeley turns around and yells something at her. And then they kind of fight a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then Elizabeth Berkeley just pukes. Mm-hmm. And then... Runs and then out she in the street. R- runs on the street, and then the, by the way, it's Molly. This person that yeah. this is how she meets Molly. So this woman who's beating on her car and mm-hmm. then pukes all over, and then runs out in the street. Molly pulls her back and basically says, "Why don't we go get something to eat?" So mm-hmm. they go out to eat, and Elizabeth Berkeley sits down, and they're talking, and Molly's trying to get to know her and find out what's going on with this. Are you going to talk who's... about when she like flips the French fries? Yes. Oh my god. She's so asking funny. her questions about like where are you from, <laughs> back east? Where back east? Like back east, and she just grabs a bunch <laughs> of French fries and throws them up she in the air. She Throws this basket of French fries. And does it in this like <laughs> so... all her movements? I can't describe them. I know. There's a word that we're not coming up with here, but it's they're just like, like jerky, yeah, um, sharp, halting. Like, she throws him in the air, but it's not like she's throwing him and following through. She throws him well, and just, like, like she's frustrated is, with everything. She's so impatient and impulsive throughout this movie. She's an asshole to every person she comes in contact here's with at what first. It is. And here's, they all love her. Here's what it seems like. It, what it appears yeah. to be. It appears <laughs> <laughs> to be a bad actor. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> trying to act I frustrated. Knew that's where you were going. Yep. <laughs> You're right. Because that is what it is. It's just, like... You are clearly trying to get across to us that you are frustrated or feeling violated or like you don't want to talk about your past. It could have been such a small, you could have done that in such a small way mm-hmm. that would have been less hilarious. I don't know. Just yeah, nothing, nothing was natural about her performance. No, it was awkward and forced but molly's performance and all her dancing was too right what, molly i'm sorry was great. what's the woman's name who plays molly gina rivera is her name is actually really good now uh, mm-hmm. here's the thing is like i have been told forever that this is the, like the worst movie of all time <laughs> you know that sets up a certain expectation it's very bad right it's un inarguably bad it was not bad enough it's not it's bad not like an bad old B enough. movie or like yeah, an Ed Wood movie or something. There's parts, I mean, I, in fact, even Elizabeth Berkley, like we're being really mean to her, but, well, we're not being mean to her. She knows this movie sucks and <laughs> she was bad in it. But there were scenes that she was good in and I noticed, like, in fact, the scenes with her and Molly, I thought were some mm-hmm. of the best scenes. It was just them being friends and hanging out and she was much more natural mm-hmm. in those scenes. So... She just what do I'm saying is that well. there was all I'm saying is that there was enough good acting. There was a you know a sliver of good acting in this movie, and it and that made it even more not painful, bad not, enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Anyway, let's just talk about like some of our favorite parts and yeah. you know favorite things about this or movie or our least favorite parts. Um, I think we've kind of already done oh, that. Okay, I would like to talk think... about some of my least favorite parts, and there are two of them. And they involve more of Elizabeth Berkeley's jerky movements. I know what scenes they mm-hmm. are. Are they sex scenes? They're Becca? supposed to be sexy, <laughs> but they're oh so God. fucking uncomfortable. I mean, oh yeah. So Elizabeth Berkeley is dancing at this club, and Gina Gershon, who who plays Crystal, Crystal Connors. Connors, she's the star of this big show called Goddess, and she comes to this club to see. 
her dance. See Nomi dance. And um, by the way, um, Kyle MacLachlan plays a character named Zach something. Zach Carey. He's the entertainment director at the at the club. The club at mm-hmm. the casino um, for the whole casino. So he has to deal with dancers and slot machines. <laughs> I mean, that's a crazy job. But they both have a lot of power and sway. Yes, and a lot of sexual in the biz. Sexual business going on. Well, yeah, they're like a couple at first. Yeah. So they want Elizabeth Berkeley to give them a lap dance, and she says, "Well, we don't do that. We do. We don't do more than one person, and we don't." Do no women. women. And yeah. her boss comes over and says, no, you're going to do it. for They they offer her $500, basically. And then it's like, okay, just go do it. Well, but she gives Zach a lap dance and Gina Gershon gets to watch. Right. This could be set up for a very sexy scene <laughs> in the hands of an, any other director. <laughs> and actor. A- and actor, yes. Um, mm-hmm. It starts out like a lap dance. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into this weird ragdoll type thing happening Mm -hmm. where um elizabeth berkeley is straddling him and she lays back and flops like a fish (laughs) (laughs) the other parts of her movements other than the arm movements are just to make her boobs shake i think i think that was the direction she was given no the movie is all about her boobs yeah so my notes during this scene (laughs) um it's so not sexy in all caps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrote that she rides him and flops around like she does in the pool because later, when they oh. finally have sex, she walks out to the pool. He flips on the lights for the pool and the lights come on in the water and then around the pool and then these huge neon lights around these palm trees. Yeah, I mentioned real that palm before. Trees yeah. With palm tree neon lights around them. It's super funny. Very, very funny. It's so bad. I, she sees it this. It has to be intentionally funny. She sees this and instantly her dress comes off. She gets naked immediately everywhere she goes. She's naked, walks into the pool. He comes out with some champagne, pours it on her, pours it on her breasts. They have sex. They swim under a waterfall. <laughs> he finally gets over to the edge of the pool. She mounts him and then flops around like a fish. She mounts again. him. I, yeah. It's a really it's a porn, gross Jen. way of saying that. Yes. This is a porn. That's how you talk about porn. So this scene, both these scenes kind of disturbed me for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but one question I had was, since this is our sex podcast, I think we should just talk about this. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen another human being do that <laughs> in any situation unless they were having a seizure. Like they have a medical condition. Um, yeah. So am I doing sex wrong? <laughs> Well, if we're going, if we're, I mean, yeah, yes. Oh. I mean, I guess since this is where you want to go with this, <sighs> yes, you should be doing. Well, this is really um, Well, I think we should both be doing a lot more flailing, <laughs> you know, uh, just sort of wildly throwing uh, ourselves about. Okay. <laughs> Much like a fish <laughs> out of water. Here's what I thought about those scenes. The lap dance scene. The lap dance scene was one of those scenes that I did find, in spite of myself, like you're just like you're still a little turned on. Like it's it's so gross and uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. and it's like a naked person, a naked woman gyrating all over a dude. It's like it's it put me in the situation, my least favorite situation while watching something, which is feeling sort of turned on. And 
disgusted mm-hmm. and horrified at the same time. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. So I hated that fucking scene. And it did make me laugh also, especially as it went on. Yeah. In the beginning, it was maybe more sexy. It was a little more, I don't want to use the word subtle, because that word doesn't apply to anything <laughs> in this movie. But, but it's all relative. <laughs> but relatively, yeah. Yeah. Her movements were yeah. um, less uh, fish-like. They um, were what you might typically see in, in a, a, lap dance. a sexual situation yeah. between two human beings. Hey, right. Anyway, but then the sex scene in the pool, <sighs> there was no part of me that was, that was turned on or like found any of that sexy. It was, well, actually, that's not true. In the very beginning, it started off like pretty sexy, like when he's pouring champagne on mm-hmm. her and they're making they're kissing out. And, yeah, yeah, that part was like, that part was normal, sexy in the pool, you know. And then, yeah, like it became a comedy. This was another one of those moments when I was like, okay, this has to be funny on purpose. Like the way she was like, I mean, you're right. There are no words to describe (laughs) the way she was thrashing and even like the position she was holding her body in, in the water. It didn't make any sense. No. You know, physically. I don't, I just, it was. um, It looked like it hurt everyone. It just was like, I, I. God, you guys, I wish this wasn't a fucking podcast because, like, I can't explain it to you. I can't and explain it to you. please don't go watch the movie. No, don't. It's just not worth don't it. Don't subject yourself to that. I was so happy when we were getting near the end of this. <sighs> and I told Micah, I'm so happy that we're done with this one and I never have to watch this mm-hmm. movie again because I will never watch this fucking movie again, especially with the Molly part. I just can't. I fuck this movie. Um, Gina Gershon and, I'm sorry, Crystal who was played by Gina Gershon mm-hmm. and Nomi, who was played by Elizabeth Berkeley, had sexual tension throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Gina Gershon was like into her, but also was trying to fuck with her the whole time. And I could not figure out her motivation at all. Well, they're like competing. But she didn't but need to be competing to with her. her in the beginning. Well, but every dancer, like she's, you know, she's the star, but she has an understudy. And I mean, what ends up happening is Nomi pushes her down the stairs and hurts her. Yep. And then becomes and then the star of the her, show. So her job. But then she has to run away and leave town again after she kicks the shit out of that dude. <laughs> yeah. So she does that's the end of the movie, basically. She just she, leaves again. She rises from hitchhiking into town, being a dancer at a strip club, to being the star of this enormous show at the Stardust mm-hmm. within what, like a couple months? We don't even know how long it takes, but it's mm-hmm. I don't she know. she does it. She does one show. They have a big party for her. She leaves town. She rises to the top, does one show, and then has to and the cream of the crop leave town. Arise to the top mm-hmm. and never eat a pig because a pig is a cop. Or okay. better yet, a terminator. No. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're not doing that. I'm did I'm did that. Yeah. I did that much okay. of it and then we're we're keeping it. Okay. Um uh, I have some quotes I'd like to talk about. I just want to quickly give a shout out to Lynn Tucci, who played the only other character I liked besides Molly in this movie. Uh, she played Mama Bazoom. Oh, Bazoom. okay. Yeah. She, works uh, at she was like the, you know, the comic relief of the, of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, every show seems to have somebody like that. So she's like the older lady who comes out and is like... Telling jokes and... All brazen and... Making fun of hecklers and... Yeah, and she has this dress that like pops her boobs out. 
Yeah. It's so funny. It's <laughs> hilarious. I loved her. This movie could have used more of that. Like, she seemed genuine. Her acting was good. And so, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you say the only other person you gave a shit about other than Molly, because this movie... I said the only person I liked, but... Yeah, there there were really only two. I mean, there's there are moments where other people... There's this terrible scene where the owner of Cheetahs, the strip club she works at oh in the my beginning... God. He is an asshole the whole time. He's a sexist pig. He assaults people. He's just a piece of shit. And then he comes in and sees her show when Nomi is like dancing in this big show at this big hotel and he tells her like you looked really good out there you're you're a great dancer and we miss like, you like i'm proud of you kid all of a sudden thing. he's like this paternal no but again this is this fuck? is where the movie is so fucked up because it's like he treats the women who work at his club like absolute shit demands mm-hmm. that they give him blowjobs if they want to stick around i mean he's disgusting he's a pig but then if someone has actual talent mm-hmm in quotation marks, then those women deserve to be treated differently. Yeah. Those women are have more value, are worth more. And that's what this movie absolutely yeah. buys into. And it's so gross. It it's was disgusting. Gross. Yeah. There is a point where... So Molly's a, a costume maker, basically, for the show. And She's so she rad. And makes She's... cool dresses for Nomi throughout the film. Um, at one point, they're walking through the mall, the forum next to Caesar's Palace, I'm guessing, in, in Las Vegas, and they see this dress, and Nomi says, I want to buy it. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, I can make that for you. And she's like, no, but I want to buy it. I have the money. So she buys it, and she's really excited because then she gets an audition, oh, yeah. and she wears it to the audition. Nice dress. Thanks. I bought it at Versace. In the forum? Oh, yeah, Versace. I love her yeah. sex. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And she says it twice and they don't correct her. They just sort of laugh at her and yeah. say, oh yeah, Versace. I love Versace. And then, see, this was a, a time when I was like, okay, maybe Kyle MacLachlan is kind of a good dude. Because he considering. corrects her. Yeah, because he tells her. He's like, it's Versace. Mm-hmm. It's pronounced Versace. And there were a few moments like that where I was like, oh, he actually likes her. He seems to actually like her. But of course, it's just all bullshit. Everything's yeah. bullshit. Actually, he probably did like her, but, you know, in his own sleazy way. But Yeah. Gina Gershon is gorgeous uh, in this movie, I thought. But even she, like, there's a there's a part where they're out to lunch together, just her and Nomi. Mm-hmm. And they're flirting and talking about tits. And Gina Gershon's just like, you have beautiful tits. Yeah. And then she says, I like nice tits. <laughs> I always have. How about you? And I swear to God. Again, I was like, if that is not satire, what is this? Oh, the, this is so weird. All it the was dialogue so in that scene badly delivered. Even. So strange. It was so bad. I couldn't even. It's oh like God! It was so gross. All the people having conversations are talking about different things, but they're having a conversation with each other. Sometimes that's how stilted and weird uh, yeah, the dialogue yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, 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 totally. It was really awkward. And Gina Gershon has another. It's another case of a wandering accent. She, yeah. Sometimes she she says she's, she's from, Texas from Texas later on, and she has like kind of a Texas thing going on. But other times she doesn't at all. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, Gay is the choreographer. No, I think. she's like the line stage manager, line manager or something. They call her line coach or something. Yeah, she's like she is 
the choreographer basically i think where she she makes she teaches all the dancers how to dance and then she gets them on stage like she's a stage manager but she also does some coaching and other stuff anyway she has a great line where she talks of, she's talking about how she used to be a dancer but she found a man finally and that's what you've got to do. I think she's telling oh, her. yes, and yes, And she said, how'd yes. you find your man? And she oh said. My God. I chipped my tooth on a quaalude. He was my dentist. Once again, I see the argument for the satire. He was my dentist. Yeah. I chipped my <laughs> tooth on a quaalude. He was my dentist. Uh, so, I mean, obviously that was intentionally funny. Yes, yes. Uh, and there are very few lines like that that are intentionally oh, funny. Oh, God. But, I mean, there's also the part, like... So Nomi is trying out for a lot of things and um, competing with these other dancers. And there's a scene where one of the dudes that's trying to decide who to pick, they're like all on their backs and they're doing this like thrusting motion. And he's down on the floor in her face yelling, thrust it, thrust (laughs) it. And again, I wrote, I mean, I see that does seem like parody. Like, how could that be? But right after that scene, he's talking to the producer as they're walking off. And he says, the same guy that's yelling thrust it and like yelling at her crotch to thrust it during that scene. So gross. He says to the producer, he says, I don't know. She's all pelvic thrust. No, but that was a good thing. Yeah. He was saying that as a good thing. Yeah. But it was really weird. And then the conversation they have after, he says like, she didn't learn any of that. You know what I think? the guy says... She learned it all right, but they don't teach it in any class. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, oh, this girl's got a past. Yeah. She knows how to thrust. <laughs> Real subtle. I think that this movie was like, it was like these dudes, clearly made by dudes. These dudes were like, hey, let's make a movie with a bunch of boobs in it. Yeah. Let's make a, a porno movie, basically, but like not quite, but almost, but like with a lot of boobs. But then, like, they, they got all the boobs and thrusting and everything. And then they were like, oh, we should probably add some words. Mm. And then they just threw some words in there. Like, kind of literally just threw them out, you know? Yeah. Like, and then that's what they ended up with was things like, thrust it, thrust it, thrust <laughs> yeah. it. And, and still, I like nice tits. Half the words were still tits and nipples and stuff like that. Someday I would like to have jewels on my eyelashes. Oh, really? Yes, I love that. I'm not being sarcastic. They look I very love it heavy so and uncomfortable. Much. And I also loved some of their outfits mm-hmm. in this movie. I really love, I want to dress up, like, I want a drag queen to, like, do me up sometime, you know? Like, dress me up and make me look glamorous. Because I can't do that shit. I'm not, <laughs> I'm far too much of a boy for that, I think. One character we haven't talked about much at all was, um, I think his name is James Smith. Yes. But it's hard to tell because he's not named the first, I don't know, five times he's on screen. First half of the movie, he, yeah. He sees Nomi dancing with Molly at a club. And that's, it's one of the funniest scenes too, where he's just like, she has more natural talent than any dancer I've ever seen in my life. And he tells her that. You got more natural talent when you dance than anybody I've ever seen. Look, I've seen a lot of dancers. I studied in New York. Alvin Ailey. You burn when you dance. They dance together. It's weird. They both are terrible. It's not dancing that you would do like in a club with other people around. He's like a trained dancer. And he choreographs a show and stuff later. But 
she knees him in the balls and it starts a fight and all these other people get mm-hmm. punched she and gets stuff arrested. and she gets arrested. He bails her out. Mm-hmm. Later, she gets him fired from another job. He's She's like nothing but an asshole to all these people. She's an asshole to Molly. She's rude to Molly at first. Mm-hmm. Molly says, why don't you come live with me? Yeah. She's an asshole to James. And he ends up being kind of a dick sometimes. He's, but He's just, I can't figure yeah. anybody in this movie out. Like, no one's redeemable. Right. Uh, he, like, there were times when I was like, oh... This guy, like I see, he's a he's a dancer. He wants to be a dancer. He's got character flaws. He admits to his character yeah. flaws. He's also kind of a dick and kind of a weird stalker guy. And I don't know, man. It's just, everyone's terrible in this movie. Yeah. I loved when uh, Crystal and Nomi bonded about how much they loved eating uh, dog food. Oh, God, that was so weird. They both ate doggy chow. Do you like brown rice and vegetables? Yeah. You do? Sort of. Really? It's worse than dog food. (laughs) It is. I've had dog food. You have? Mm Mm-hmm. Long time ago. Doggy chow. I used to love doggy chow. (laughs) I used to love doggy chow, too. So all the dancers are supposed to eat nothing but brown rice and vegetables Mm -hmm. so that they don't get fat. This was one thing I liked, actually, was that Nomi, throughout the movie, she eats burgers and fries Mm -hmm. and, like, potato chips. And she's like, fuck that. Uh, So I did appreciate that. But she said... The brown rice and vegetables taste like dog food. And so they get into this conversation. And I thought maybe it was going to be like, yeah, there was a point in my life when I was so hungry. You know, I didn't have food and nope. there was dog food. No, no, they no. They didn't get into that. No, it was just words <laughs> that they threw at the movie she about said, doggy chow. And then they look at each other longingly. And it it's there's a pause uh-huh. and this close up on their faces. And it's almost like they were having a conversation about how they were falling in love with each other Mm -hmm. or they really wanted each other and they edited in this shot. Well, no, I mean, I get it. That's fine. You you bond over this weird thing, but it's unnatural. And why is that? I think that's the only conversation they ever have, just the two of them. Yeah. Or it's not, but it's one of the only conversations. And it's about fucking dog chat. They talk in the hospital later. Oh, yeah, because Gina Gershon's basically like, no, it's cool that you pushed me yeah. down the stairs and ruined my career. I did the same thing to someone. I mean, she's literally like, I don't care. Nomi, no one gives a fuck yeah. about what an asshole she is. So Nomi goes to the hospital to tell Molly that she kicked the shit out of this guy that assaulted her. And then while she's there, she's about to leave, but she decides to go see Gina Gershon, too. Because Gina Gershon's in the hospital still because Nomi pushed her down the stairs and she broke her hip. And yeah, she tells her, I got the, I did the same thing to get my first job and it's cool. And basically, are you going to kiss me now? So they kiss. Right. And then they Nomi finally leaves. kiss. That's it. <laughs> so Nomi goes back out on the highway, heading out of Vegas. She her fucking shirt, leaves Molly in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Her shirt is unbuttoned and her boobs are just hanging out as she's pretty much hitchhiking you home. You can see her nipples. Like, yeah. And who picks her up? Same dude. Same dude that picked her up on the way into town. And she's wearing sunglasses and a hat, so of course he doesn't recognize her. 
and then they drive off into the sunset mm, yeah. and that's the end of and the film. And then you're like, who gives a fuck about any Los of Angeles. this? Once again, not a single dick in this whole movie. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of dicks. There were well, no dicks at least shown. She, at least she kicked the rapist's ass. That's the only redeeming thing that happens. The hitchhiker, the guy that picks her up, his name is Jeff. Um, he does ask her if she gambled. And he asks her if she won, which is mirroring what she asked. he asked her at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she says, I did. I won me. And that's supposed to be the bookend on the film. Like she's... Yeah. What? We have no idea of like where she's going or what her plan is. Well, one We thing, also don't give a fuck. One thing I read was that um, the last scene shows them driving off and it shows on a sign. Well, it shows a billboard of her and it yeah. says Nomi Malone is goddess. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, it shows a sign that says Los Angeles, 289 miles or however much it is. And that supposedly was hinting at a sequel that they were planning oh, where she goes to LA when and they, takes over when Hollywood. When they thought this might be a good movie? Mm-hmm. <gasps> That's so sad. Yeah. There was a sequel-ish to this movie. It was a comedy, right? It's called Showgirls 2. It's subtitled Pennies from Heaven with an apostrophe. Mm-hmm. Based pennies. on a character named Penny from this movie. Yeah, she's a minor character who works at the club with Nomi at the beginning and ends up with James. Mm-hmm. Um, James choreographs a show that she's in, and she is portrayed as really dumb mm-hmm. and yeah, a terrible and dancer, and no, and so worth nothing. Yeah. Right, and because she's dumb and whatever. The woman who played that character wrote, directed, and produced. Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's about her character. I know. I'm kind of curious. I'm, yeah, I actually, I'm almost tempted. No, I'm absolutely tempted. I do want to watch that. It's probably... Well, it's got to be better than this one. It was... Unlike this film, it was direct-to-video, which Showgirls should have been direct-to-video. If it came out now, I feel like it would be one of those movies where... They poured a bunch of money into it and just realized we can't show this anywhere. There were also some chimpanzees that were really cute in this movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, at least there's some cute chimps, but then I got all sad. The opening act before the naked boobies come out is a chimp is, show, yeah. apparently. But then I was like, oh, poor monkeys in Vegas and who were in this movie. It's a sad life for a chimp. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a happy life. I don't. I don't really know. I know that a happier life than this one for me would be one in which i hadn't seen the movie mm. showgirls it 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 sucks it sucked real bad it sucks so bad and i honestly i think that without the rape scene without that stupid fucking useless unnecessary rape scene i mean the argument that it's necessary would be well she had to have to leave town because that's how blah, right. blah blah but you could have done that in so many other ways first of all she pushed gina gershon down the stairs that could have been enough for her to leave town (laughs) there was no reason for that fucking rape scene or just them finding out who she really was and her history anything anything else i mean it's seriously it's so unnecessary it's it's so unnecessary it's just men like oh fuck fuck these dudes who made this movie in a movie full of gratuitous nudity it was the most gratuitous thing yeah. In the entire film. Absolutely. Totally. By far the most uh, the most offensive and... and yeah. Yeah. No, nothing else in this movie is particularly offensive. I mean, there are people well, who say... Well, Elizabeth offen- Berkeley's acting. There are people who say offensive things, but it's not... What I was going to say dancing. is that... What I was going to say is that without the rape scene, I could have 
at least had fun with this. Next time we have a 69th episode, <laughs> maybe it'll be like 169th or something like that. We'll do, we'll pick a fun movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is the, is the death dirt of the earth. I hate it. Wow. I don't hate it for the reasons that everyone always talks about. I don't hate it because it's bad and because the acting is bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate it totally. because of the, it I is so brutally yeah. problematic. Shut up. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm saying yes. I understand you. Okay. Well, anyway, do you have anything funny to say? Uh, I don't. Okay. Well, we're done with Showgirls. Mm-hmm. I we don't want to talk about it ever list. again. Decriminalize sex work. It would uh, impact a lot of people's lives and in a really positive it. way. All right. You got any jokes? Well, that was the end of our sex podcast. Yeah. Um, wow. Our sex podcast sucks. Yes, it does. And not like in a good way or, you know, God, gross. Sorry, Why did I everyone. say that? <laughs> hey, bare genitals kind of freak me out. Okay. Like completely bare genitals. I say that because we saw a lot of just raw vagina. <laughs> you know, not vagina. <laughs> we didn't really see vagina. We saw vulva. Yeah. <laughs> raw isn't really the word that I meant, but it fits pretty well. So I'm, uh, we're just going to leave it. Okay. Well, if this um, <laughs> episode made you feel icky, <laughs> yeah. then that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. uh, not maybe what we intended, but I guess it we, fits. We did not even get into the ickiest parts of this movie. No. We, we did not even give the details about the grossest. We basically uh, gave you the VH1 version with the black panties and bras digitally inserted. Inserted is the right word. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is the right word. All right. Well, okay. Well, it's been fun doing a podcast with you, Micah, and <laughs> yeah, I hope that we can find a, I hope we can find another creative project to do. We're sorry. Thank you for listening, everybody. We're not sorry. We love our podcast. I what I am a little sorry about is that our 69th episode wasn't more fun than it was. But you know, that's how the titties flop around. Flop around and that's what they say in the biz in the biz all right so thanks to grandma cray for our artwork thank you to fifi folios for our internet stuff thanks to minus violet for our music until next time see, see you in, in the, the 90s, 90s.